In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Good morning. It is good to see you. It's good to be here with you. One of these days, I hope that we can worship without wearing masks, and I can see if you've fallen asleep or not. When I worked in a hospital as a chaplain, sometimes I would hear patients and staff say that the reason that they don't go to church is because they're not good enough, that their life was so sinful that the, the walls would crumble if they were to walk in. And what I thought they were saying is to the padre, me, was that we don't want to be bothered with uh, what you have to say. We don't want to be saved. But the more I heard this comment, I began to pay attention to it. Somehow the church had given off the persona that we are good people, and that if you're not in church, then you're not a good person. I know that most of us would be horrified to be shown where we made a mistake of giving off the vibe that we were better than someone else because we go to church, that being a Christian is somehow makes us a better person at the next because that is not our real intention but sometimes it comes across that way we can be a bit proud that we are Christians can't we the reality is that we aren't good about three weeks ago Peter thought he was good enough to walk on water if you remember the story, Jesus is coming across to the disciples and Peter says, if it's you, let me, let me come out to you. And so Peter gets out of the boat and he sinks like a rock. He was trying to be what he was not called to be. And then last week's message was Peter makes the discovery, the pronouncement that Jesus is the Messiah. And he is rewarded by Jesus calling him the rock. Maybe it came from the for the first week of that. And Peter is very proud that he has said that you are the Messiah. But in today's reading, Peter hears Jesus saying that the Messiah must suffer, be beaten, and then killed, and then rise again. Peter was incensed that the person Jesus would be treated like this. What he forgot was his own confession a week earlier. Jesus is the Messiah, not your average person. Peter thought that he could control all the events, keep Jesus from the doom. In short, Peter thought that he was the Messiah, the Savior of Jesus. Peter's confession and Peter's sudden denial of events caused Jesus to refer to him as Satan. Talk about fall from grace. From walking on the water to his great confession and then being called Satan is a blow to the ego for sure. But if we are truthful, aren't we all a little bit like Peter? One day we think we've got it and then the next we wonder where God is. I think if we ponder this a bit, we might see that Jesus does not call us to be perfect. We are called to keep searching, trying to see the goodness of God. And when we do, when we get a little bit of a glimpse of the goodness of God, then we have traveled one step closer 
to the kingdom of God. We keep learning, we keep practicing, keep loving, keep forgiving others and ourselves. Recently, I read a story about a Japanese woman named Koko Kondo, who was eight months old when the bomb was dropped on her hometown of Hiroshima. When the bomb landed, her house shook and it collapsed with her and her mother buried deep in the rubble. A mother was able to, to scrape out a little bit of a hole and put this eight-month-old baby through the hole. And then hours later, her mother was able to crawl out herself. And as a child, Kondo thought that if the bomb had not been dropped, then there would not be so many orphans in the city. And she was angry, she said, growing up, and made a promise to herself that one day she would get revenge. A decade later, her father, who was a Methodist minister, was asked to be invited on the American show, This Is Your Life. They wanted to hear his experience, his firsthand experience of being in the city when the bomb fell. And she went with him to be on the show. Her father shared, I saw the whole city in flames. Everything was afire. But people were walking in silence. They were in great pain, but they were silent. As skin dripped from their arms and their faces. It looked like a, a ghost parade going out of the city. Kanda, who was 10 at the time, she was on the stage with her father, and after a brief moment, a commercial break, out came Captain Robert Lewis, who was the co-pilot of en Enola Gay. And he talked about his experience of what it was like getting up in the morning and getting on the plane and then dropping the bomb. But when the bomb hit, he wrote in his journal, my God, what have we done? Kondo was in shock that this man was on the stage with her. She said, I wanted to meet these people so I could get revenge. And I was staring right at him and thinking he is the bad guy. And I am the good guy. But then she noticed that he was crying. And she thought, he's the same human being as me. If I hate, I should not hate this guy. I should hate war itself, which we human beings caused. So she got close to him. She scooted over to him as close as she could reach so that she could reach his hands. She said, I, I just wanted to, as a 10-year-old, in my little mind, I thought in my own way of showing that I'm sorry that I hate you. I wanted to touch his hand. But I don't hate you. And she reached up and touched his hand. And she said his hand grabbed her tiny hand in a very strong and powerful moment. That mating changed Kondo's life. She is now a, a fierce fighter for peace and the disarmament of nuclear arms. Lewis died in 1983. But every year, Kondo goes to the part that remembers this explosion 
and she prays for Captain Lewis, and this is what she prays. Captain Lewis, please rest in peace. We shall not repeat our mistakes. After reading this story, one cannot help but hear the echoes of St. Paul. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. When we have been wronged, it is so easy to, and maybe it is human nature to want to strike back, hurt the one who has dealt us a wounding blow. Our human condition calls us to extract blow for blow, but in the end, all we are left with is pain and guilt. This is the one way of dealing with anger, hurt, and frustration, but it doesn't really soothe our pain it doesn't help us heal. Several years ago, I met a general by the name of Hal Moore. The movie, We Were Soldiers, was about him in one of the first major battles in Vietnam. There were hundreds of people lost on both sides. Moore was a lieutenant colonel at the time and leader of the battle. I wanted him to come to this town and where I live so that he could talk to veterans about what does it means to reconcile, reconcile with the enemy, to reconcile with the war, to reconcile with themselves. And this is what he said to me. He said, reconciliation? I can say a few things about reconciliation. The general in which I fought against, we have become good friends. I spent many days in his home and he has come to the United States and has spent many days in my home. In fact, I even spoke at his funeral. I know a little bit about reconciliation. Reconciliation, my friends, is something we must work on if we want to be free of judgment and sin. It is meeting the enemy and like Kondo, seeing that they are just like me. It is building relationships that tear down walls of fear and judgment. It is learning how to love deeply all human beings. It is hard work, but it is the work of the church. It is what we are called to do in all life and manner. There is so much work that needs to be done and it will happen when the people of God understand that forgiveness begins with us. Let me reread the words of the Apostle Paul who I think captures the way of which we are called to live. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to that which is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. 
live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. May it be so.